you know what's also semi-interesting? Uh, many things, but go on. I presume you're going to tell me something semi-interesting. No, I was just going to talk about the big news that uh, we found out today as of recording, which is the 26th of June. Yes. Was uh, Hollywood has really invested into uh, Formula One. Yeah, they're, they're leaning in no a lot, long- aren't they? They're no longer just uh, hanging around on the grid, not knowing what they're doing. Yeah, they're getting involved. Uh, Do you want to explain what on earth we're talking about? We are talking about Alpine have secured 200 million euros of investment from a consortium of of investors, which is around 24% of the value of uh, Alpine. Yeah. And one of those investors um, is Ryan Reynolds. Yes, and he seems to have a bit of a track record of investing into sports franchises. Track record, I like what you did there. Yeah, are we going to get anything similar to what's happened with Wrexham Mm-mm. with the crazy uh, trajectory that they've been on and the TV shows? I don't think so, but I think it shows just how much the sport has grown that it's attracting. Um, these kinds of people yeah i don't please don't get carried away with this is my one thing this is literally just an investment group investing into a formula one team this is not a change of ownership like you had with uh, williams and dorlington capital that's a completely different experience yes there might be you know some sort of lean in where i don't know ryan reynolds knows like some really good accountants who can help them with (laughs) a budget cap or whatever it is um but i i think it's great that that more people are getting involved and etc etc and i'm i'm all for it it's really really good got no yeah issues with i think it. i think they're just they're obviously using his name to really promote the yeah. story but you know lewis hamilton is involved with the buffalo bills i think he is yeah so what i would like to know mm-hmm. is your alpine yep you just received a 200 million euro investment what do you do with that money well, if I'm working for Alpine, I'm probably French, so I'll go on strike because I wasn't given <laughs> some of that money. Um, and then I'll come off strike and go for my paid three-hour lunch break um, and then call it a day, really. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing some of the Top Gear st- skits that they used to do from a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, I... I think that what Alpine really need to do is they need to work on their driver lineup, as far as I'm concerned, and so? their academy. Um, yeah, because they lost arguably one of the best drivers they've ever had in their academy to McLaren. So I'm thinking that I think they've got the drivers right. Pierre mm. and Esteban are, are solid drivers. Yeah, the car seems to be performing at the level that they've talked about for the past few races. I think it's underperformed. Yeah, uh, I think for them it's going to be upgrading the factory, trying to bring in, trying to bring in new talent or perhaps existing talent from other teams. To, yeah, because look, the investors are going to want to see a return, and a return comes by being successful, and they're probably looking at the Aston model um, and seeing what they can take from that in making use of the cash injection. Yeah. That Deadpool has given them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that Alpine are just going to use this money to shore up bits and pieces, maybe pay off some debts, that sort of thing, yeah. potentially. But I think it's more of like a... Um, a uh, 
a writing of the ship rather than like a saving or anything like that i think that it's a it's a definitely a step in the in the right direction can you, can you sure. imagine Otmar and ryan reynolds in the same room oh god yeah i think uh, yeah I mean, it's, yeah unbelievable um uh, that, that that's a collaboration you'd never thought would happen with it yeah Otmar it just, and ryan reynolds. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely ridiculous um yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think it shows where where the sport is at, um, getting this kind of investment, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Alpine do with the money. Um, yeah, absolutely. Another team that has lots of money and has invested into the car are Mercedes. Yes. Who are coming with a whole heap of upgrades? They are. They're coming with a couple Austria of Austria and Silverstone. A couple of good upgrades. Uh, um, yeah. that maybe will bring them just underneath the Red Bull and, I guess, clear of the Aston Martins. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that's the battle to watch would be Mercedes versus Aston for yeah. the rest of the season. Yeah, um, um, yeah, for sure. Or, or should we say Mercedes versus Alonso for the rest of the, the season? Yeah, let's be honest. Lance, pull your finger out. Come on, man. Um, yeah, he's playing the long game. He knows if he doesn't get the points that they're lowered down in the drive in the constructors' championship. They get more wind tunnel time. They get more wind tunnels. This guy, Lance, he's, is playing four D chess. He's playing four D chess, right? Um, but speaking of uh, speaking of money bags, um, I don't know whether or not you've seen that the FIA have asked for more clarification and are looking into um, what the big four, meaning yes, Mercedes, I saw that story Red Bull. Earlier um aston martin and who am i forgetting ferrari Ferrari. uh are looking into the affiliate companies or like subsidiary companies or sister companies or whatever you want to call it uh like red bull applied technologies um and aston martin's road car projects and stuff to see exactly what on earth is going on because they think they could be fudging the numbers and potentially getting around the uh the cost cap yeah, we, we talked about this earlier. We did. I remember it started from Otmar, out of all people. It did, yeah. He believed that they're setting up these companies to work their way around the cost cap. Yeah. And to be honest, it seemed like a credible theory. Yeah. And it seems like there might be some substance to it. So. Yeah, I think there's definitely some truth behind it. Um, I mean, look, the cost cap and then Ferrari are in Le Mans and winning Le Mans that could be totally separate but Ferrari just happened to join them on yeah exactly yeah and Aston Um, Martin just happened to have these hypercars coming out yeah I think I think that the cost cap is a is both a blessing and a curse because it means that some of these Formula One teams can you know bleed over into other racing categories and stuff like that which is absolutely brilliant because I want to see Ferrari at Le Mans I want to see Aston Martin at 24 hours of Nürburgring I want to see them enter other other uh, sports. Maybe, I don't know, because McLaren are no longer anywhere near the budget cap, they buy a Formula 2 team so that they have like a feeder team or something like that. Or like, you know, for McLaren have bought a bloody Formula E team last year. So, you know, it means that there's a lot more cash lying around. That being said, I still think that the budget cap of $130 million, which is what it's currently at at the moment, quite, please correct me if I'm wrong, I still think it's too low, especially considering inflation and the fact that teams right now are making more money than they have ever made before, ever. I think the budget cap should be increased. And and I think just to touch on in a podcast earlier that we did with, with Terry, yes. where he mentioned the redundancies because of the cost cap, yeah. I think the money has been taken from the wrong areas. Yes, yeah. Um, I think... 
I think that yeah, there are some things like we were talking about even with uh, with Terry and Matt. We were talking about how like some of the budgeting things come out of marketing and that doesn't come out of the cost cap whatsoever so like or like i don't know whether or not these you know like when pirelli need to do tire tests and stuff like that does that come out of the budget cap because you're still getting data from from the car around like maybe you run the 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 um the pirelli tire test maybe you run it with some upgrades that you want to test who knows like like there's 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 you know stuff that you can use to get around bits and pieces and so i think that there needs to be some stuff in the cost cap that is looked at more strictly and some stuff which i think needs to be you know maybe not looked at as strictly um, um and yeah, I totally yeah agree it's it's a fine line we've only just got to this cost cap era um there's potentially a new concord agreement happening within the next few years to secure the future of formula one um and there's also the rumor of not one but two formula one teams potentially joining the grid and i will get to that in just a minute as well uh, because high tech have apparently um shown some interest in owning a new formula one team as well as andretti um but i think that the cost cap needs to be looked at and not only expanded but i think needs to be clarified in certain areas and i believe most formula one fans would agree with that and i don't think that they were going to get the cost cap right first time which is why i'm mentioning the concord agreement again because i think it will be looked at yeah no i totally agree and it's like one of those things where we've made some rule changes but you'll never know the full impact of the rule changes until it happens and right we've seen the cost cap right we've seen separate companies being yeah. set up we've seen people being made redundant right we've got a good base there because we're trying to equal um team performance or team spend yeah. but we know we need to make some changes right it's like it's like a formula one car right all right we put this upgrade on it gave us some performance but not what we're looking for but we know that we can make some changes and you know that mclaren will be winning races anytime soon well let's hope they are Fucking God <laughs> which we knows. can segue into because they've got some big updates coming uh they do completely redesigned car i believe was what andrea stella yeah so stella, i sent you a message on instagram um mm-hmm. and i will pull up the the quote from the message because i can um but essentially the quote was uh at the start of the season we realized that the car needed a fundamental redesign so this redesign is actually interesting uh, I would say pretty much every single aerodynamic part will change. Um, is the uh, is the quote essentially from 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 him? So from Stella, uh, and I think that we had murmurings and sort of heard rumors that the car would be changing a lot, and we've been told repeatedly from McLaren, like you know, we want to we want to start from scratch and we want to redesign the the ideology or ethos of the car. I believe since the beginning of the season. Um, and they did outline Baku as as like a first milestone for some basic bits and pieces coming. And they did mark out Silverstone as like, you know, having like pretty much a brand new car. So I'm glad that they're on track because that makes me very, very happy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly where the McLaren comes out. Yeah, me too. It'll be good to see Lando and Oscar in something that can really challenge mm. for points. Do you know what? I would re. I could. I'm potentially going to even make a prediction right now, right? Oh gosh, here come so, the papaya glasses. <laughs> so here come the papaya glasses. I swear to God, if this is right, I am going to be incredibly happy, regardless. But 
you've got these new upgrades coming in Great Britain, which means the McLaren could be reasonably good. Okay, like let's say hypothetically, touch wood because I bloody hope so. The McLaren gets a P5 on merit right it gets one p5 on merit lando's p5 oscar's like p7 p8 that sort of thing like he's had a good he's had a good show like you know like things have gone pretty well but let's be honest lando is going to outscore piastri and just is currently more comfortable and better in that car right they fine-tune those upgrades could because there's always a surprise winner could mclaren win in hungary the week after no Oh great! Well, thanks for shooting that down. And, unless unless it rains. <clears throat> well, there's usually uh, because, there's usually something uh, interesting at Hungary. This is what I'm talking uh, only about. Only if it rains. If it's a dry race, no. Only if it's a dry race, no. I completely know that that won't happen. Max and Sergio. Yeah. Fernando, Lewis, and George, Carlos, and Charles. Yeah. So unless it's similar to 2021, where Off they get taken out at the one, start of the race. I guess. Yeah, and that was also a mix uh, conditions. Mm. Um. Yeah, if it's mixed, anything can happen. Yeah, or if wet, it's mixed and Lando actually pits for wets when he should do, I think he could potentially... <laughs> t- oh, Jesus. Um, that still hurts, to be completely honest. Yeah, um, if it's dry, I don't... I, they might sneak a podium if they're lucky for this season. If no, I'm I'm, I'm well talking there being some sort of, like, rain or red flags or whatever. No, no but I, I mean, think if yeah. the upgrades work as well as they do and they continue to improve throughout the season, I think they could sneak a podium. If if McLaren sneak a podium, because they snuck a podium last year as well at the very beginning, um, if they could sneak a podium, maybe they sneak a podium at somewhere like Vegas because nobody knows the track. So this is the thing. Like, I think if they sneak a podium, I would take that as a win compared to where they were at the beginning of the season. And we all know that McLaren seemed to pull it out of the bag from the beginning of the season because they've done it consistently the past two or three years, turned up with a truck, and then somehow managed to get better as the season goes on. So let's wait and see. But I'm I'm excited to to see what happens for for sure. Yeah. Um, um, as per our last episode, we were talking a lot about the Nurburgring. Yes, we were, because Sebastian Vettel announced his technically not really a Formula One return, but a return to a Formula One car, I guess. Um, yeah. So he will be driving around the Nurburgring in his old red RB9, I want to say? Or is that what Danny Rick's driving? I can't remember. Anyway, he'll be driving in one of his old Formula 1 cars, but he will be using a sustainable fuel, which is awesome. Uh, and he will be joined by Danny Ricciardo as well, who will also be doing uh, a Red Bull, uh, a couple of laps of the, of the Nurburgring in a Red Bull. And... Our favourite Japanese Formula 1 driver, there is only one, so he's technically our least favourite also by default. Uh, But Yuki Sonoda will also be joining them at the uh, Red Bull event happening on September 9th this year at the Nürburgring. That's going to be a good... Red Bull put on some good events. Who won't be joining them? So, uh, very quickly, I'm going to cover something very important, which Yuki will be driving a NSX... Uh, GT3. Yeah, have you seen that? Have you seen the souped up model in the AlphaTauri yeah, livery? Amazing. It looks gorgeous, by the way. I'm yeah. I'm on the fence. Genuinely, I'm on the fence about actually going to this. Yeah, because I can get there reasonably easily. Yeah, I'm, Denmark just down to Germany. Yeah, it's just a straight drive. I'm I'm considering going, um, because it, it sounds pretty good. Uh, probably won't, but I'm considering it. Uh, but somebody who isn't allowed to go is. Uh, Max Verstappen. Yeah, he asked to join, and he's been told no. 
which I'm I'm kind of annoyed at to be honest. Who with told you. him no? Was it Helmut? Helmut it Marco Christian? told him no. Oh, okay. Yeah, Helmut Marco told him no due to risk yeah. of injury and stuff like that. Because essentially, if let's be honest, if Max was going to be involved, he's going to go in a Formula One car around the Nurburgring well, and potentially if, kill himself. So yeah. you know. Um, but also, they they did a thing. I can't remember which page it was. I saw on Instagram. But if Max wasn't in Formula One right now. Mm. Alonso would be leading the championship, not Perez. Mm. Uh, I think it shows, like, look, Max, please do not do anything that could compromise you being out for a few races. Yeah, exactly. So, so. unless they've... Can you imagine, if if Red Bull have secured the Constructors' Championship by September 9th, so by Italy, right, or all but confirmed by Italy, which is the 3rd of September, he could suddenly make a surprise appearance. <laughs> I reckon Max is like... Right, Helmut, if we get it wrapped up by, by September... Uh, do, you th- do you think he might just borrow, like, uh, Yuki's helmet and race... I think... And race it? It's like, wow, Yuki, you've... Yeah, wow, you've got, got a, a bit taller. <laughs> I think Max Verstappen's twin brother, Z- Zam Verstappen, which is Max spelled... Zam McStappen. Zam McStappen, yeah. Uh, I think he'll turn up uh, and do some, do some laughs. Um, it's not the Stig, it's the Stig's Dutch cousin. Yes, yeah, the Stig's Dutch cousin. Um, yeah, I, I, at the very least, I'd like him to just turn up. Like, that yeah. would be cool. Um, like, I know that Red Bull always yeah. put on some amazing events. So, like, put him in a drift car with one of these drift drivers and just, or, like, get him to, like, have, like, a teaching lesson or something like that on, or just chuck him in the Formula One, like, the actual Formula One circuit at the Nürburgring and send him around that, because that's a lot safer, right? They're just not going to take any risks. Uh, yeah, boring, boring Red Bull. They're supposed to do extreme sports, and they're not doing anything extreme with with <laughs> one of our favourite Dutchmen. Unbelievable. Um, oh. But there we go. Um, it's a bit of a shame that he's that he's not turning up. Um, but it should be a good event. But yeah, so he's not turning up to that. Um, but you know who could be turning up, uh, and that is high tech in formula one so uh high tech have confirmed a f1 bid uh as it announced a new investor uh so the british racing team high tech um have launched a proper um uh so a proper bid me into joining formula and one our uneducated viewers um in the nicest way i don't mean that the people who listen to us are uneducated well because uh, i don't know this who are high tech so high tech are a they are a silverstone based uh squad um and they currently have i believe a f2 an f3 and maybe an f4 or it might be like regional formula british regional formula team i'm just i did have an article open um uh yes they currently race in f2 f3 and f4 announced on monday that its parent company high-tech global holdings had sold a 25 percent stake to kazakh businessman uh vlad vladimir kim no idea um anyway so essentially they have launched a proper appeal into um uh into joining formula one and very interestingly the high-tech team in F2 run a Red Bull livery, which more than likely means that they would run a Red Bull engine. Oh, that's uh, good. Just Red speaking Bull. from common logic. 
Um, but they're hoping to be able to join in the F1 grid uh, and have launched an application to secure a slot in 2026. And I, I was going to say, are they aiming for 2026? Yeah, aiming for 2026. And I think their bid is more likely to go through than the Andretti <laughs> bid, which is pathetic. I think both should go through um, unless uh, this... Uh, do you remember we talked about it before, this um, Formula Equal uh, thing was supposed to happen where it was 50 male 50 50 percent male 50 percent mm-hmm. female yeah, um, the teams, yeah. uh, f1 team as well um i think that if if there are only two spots left on the grid and it's andretti and this which the two most likely um i don't think formula equal will will materialize essentially um and again i ha- I, I i said some things around formally equal which you may or may not agree with um but i don't think it's going to work out initially purely because they need to put in a hell of a lot of groundwork and stuff like that to make it work essentially um yeah. but enough of that um but it's it's pretty exciting that they're looking at going forward i think they've got good relationship with red bull so obviously the red bull powertrain will probably come through as well um and yeah it just i don't know if i don't know if high tech have ever been a part of formula one have they i've never heard of them being part of formula one so um i think it seems like a brand new uh, entry I, I, I don't know whether or not they i didn't know whether or not like they they had like some sort of um like you know previous yeah. bits and pieces they were part of w series uh, which was the female-driven um, uh, 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 W Series team, um, but that's about it. They they're also currently part of like a lot of lower-level championships, including F2 and F3. So yeah. Okay. Well, I say the more the merrier. Yeah, so I I think. Um, oh, do you know he used to drive for High Tech in F2? Nikita Mazaspin. Oh gosh, this, so, this is it. This is the this is the plan. Yeah, uh, that was in 2020. Um, but yeah, I um, I think more the merrier. I think let them let them join. I agree with you. Uh, let's do it because I think let them let Andretti in and let's let's go back to having 24 cars on the grid. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I, I honestly, more opportunities. It makes sense. Uh, more exposure. Yep. Yeah, it's really interesting that there's a lot of pushback to this. Obviously, I think. Because the team's like that's less prize money, and who knows what other reasons are out. Yeah, but, uh, I'm I'm yet to hear about other teams pushing back on this, but the general fan reaction to this has been pretty good from what I've seen, which is amazing yeah. to see. So I think I think that's that's some that's some good stuff to 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 come out of this, I guess. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah. keep an eye on it for the future. Yes, speaking of good stuff to to come out uh the sort of the opposite is happening um in the uh signs household at the moment i guess <laughs> isn't that isn't that right my uh yes. in resident ferrari fan <laughs> so yes so carlos is contract comes to an end in 2024 yep and he wants assurances about his future which he is not receiving from ferrari no i completely um, justified might i add and so he thinks that he may have to look elsewhere yeah. Right. Which could be Aston Martin, could be Red Bull if Sergio goes, could be Mercedes if Lewis goes. Well, let's be honest. Be... When when Alonso goes, once Honda take over the uh, the Aston Martin, <laughs> the Aston could Martin engines, 
It could be, you know, a Ferrari seat opens up. There could be a driver swap somewhere. So yeah. I find it interesting that he's talking about this now because we kind of, you know, just a couple of months away from silly season when it starts. Yeah. I guess the question is, why do you think he's talking about it? And do you think if he does go, where would he go and who would be his replacement? I, I don't know where he'd go. Because I think that, and this is the issue again, and this is why I think there should be 12 teams on the Formula 1 grid, is that there aren't enough seats. Because no, um, I think he could go back to Red Bull. He's got a history with them. Um, he could go you know, back to Red Bull and potentially no replace disrespect to, Sergio. Yeah, Sergio or Carlos. Um, or, but I think yeah. he would be a better number two there to, to Max. Yeah, I... Um, I do question, though, whether or not, from a Ferrari perspective, and bear with me here, Ferrari's perspective will be, yes, signs is good, but could we potentially put, depending on how F2 works out, could we potentially put Oliver Behrman in the car? Because Behrman will be a lot cheaper, and we know that we don't currently have a championship-winning car. And you know what Ferrari like to do? They like to look forward towards the future. So I think they could potentially yeah. be going, look, Carlos Because <laughs> every is... season, it's next season is our season. Yeah, yeah, literally every single one. But I think uh, Car Carlos Sainz is also how old now? He's... he's late 20s? 28. Um, yeah. So like he's still got, like, you know, another eight years left of Formula 1 in him, yeah. to be completely uh, honest. And um, well, the, the issue is, is Ferrari, we know, don't like to change which is causing a lot of their issues. Yes. And they've always had it. We have a clear number one. Yeah. Right? It was Michael Schumacher. Yeah. It was Kimi Raikkonen. Then it was uh, Felipe Massa. Then Fernando Alonso. Um, and then Charles Leclerc is their yeah. number one now. And is their number one for long term. Mm -hmm. Now that they're not in, well, they haven't been for a while, a championship, not race contending, championship contending car. Mm. Do they throw that rule out the window and say, we want someone that's going to push Charles a lot more than Carlos is. Well, whether that be another driver on the grid, or if they think Behrman could be that well, they hot, also young, hungry talent. They also have the opportunity to do, I believe, what would be a first ever um, to have two brothers in the same team. They have Arthur Leclerc sat in the wings yeah, as well. I don't think Arthur's been doing that well in F two to really prove himself for an F one seat. I, I don't see I what don't they would get so out either. of it. Like, they don't need the marketing. They don't need the PR or anything like that. And no. we've got one Leclerc. You know, we don't need another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just I find it interesting that this is kind of coming up now. Maybe he's just talking about it because it's contract negotiation. He's trying to get more money or something like that. Yeah, you know, this is this is something happen. to to bear in mind. Yeah. I think that contract negotiations are coming up um yeah. yeah potentially there's you know some sort of you know negotiation to to potentially yeah. happen these things um, get leaked by agents i i think that it could media. be yeah could be trying to get some external pressure because i mean we also saw from drive to survive that typically or from the outside looking in driver negotiations at ferrari don't seem to go particularly well i mean look at <laughs> when Se sebastian uh announced that he was moving to aston martin um, during Drive to Five, that was a complete shit show for Ferrari. For Ferrari. They were yeah. so embarrassed and they didn't know what was going on. And yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so I think that like negotiations and stuff at Ferrari don't typically go amazingly well, I guess, if there's a little bit of friction. 
Um, I think. Well, yeah. The... I mean, they bought uh, Kimi Raikkonen out of his contract to bring Fernando in. Yeah, which is just insane when you think about and it. And then at one point they had three drivers in a way with Sebastian, Fernando, and Kimi. Yeah. In 20, uh, 2014. It's just un- so... unbelievable, and especially like Kimi is the last time they had a world champion. Crazy, isn't it? Like it's so crazy. crazy. Like, and I think as well when Are you we nearly twenty years, nearly twenty years. Yeah, I think it's also crazy as well. Like when you. I... I think I don't, don't get me wrong. I know that people love Ferrari, but Ferrari are sometimes so arrogant about themselves. It is monumentally stupid. Like the um, the Lamborghini Ferrari movie that, that came out ages ago, where like I, if you don't know, the owner of Lamborghini came to Ferrari and said, "Look, I want to help you. Let's collaborate on these Ferraris because I think there's some issues and bits and pieces that we can help you with." And the owner of Ferrari just went, "Nah, fuck you," essentially. <laughs> and that's how Lamborghini made supercars. Um, but essentially, there's been an element of that through Ferrari's history the entire time that Ferrari has existed. And it mostly just comes back to bite them in the ass nine times <laughs> out of ten, which is hilarious. Um, I mean, look at uh, when Ford obviously won the Le Mans uh, and beat Ferrari there. And it was like, oh, yeah, Ferrari are going to win. And then Ford turn up in this fucking ri- ridiculous, um, ridiculous car and win um and i just think that there's some decisions just just blow up in their faces all the time so god knows what on earth is going on on ferrari to be completely honest um but i think that one thing from an outside perspective looking in if ferrari came to me as an expert i would extend because <laughs> let's be honest i am an expert we are experts here on the 107 podcast uh, and if you haven't subscribed to this yeah, podcast sure give it a rating please yeah. do please do oh yeah 100 percent. yeah certified expert and then it's <laughs> it's like we're all in comic sans um <laughs> and but, a, was it wingdings <laughs> yeah um but so i i I would extend Carlos's deal by a year and depending on what happens with um, Arthur Leclerc, who's currently 13th in the F2 championship, um, but Oliver Behrman is currently P4 um, after having to retire in a, in a couple of races and also not having the best start compared to my main man, Vesti. <laughs> um, and maybe let's see whether or not Behrman even wins the championship he's a little bit behind um in terms of points um but also you could give him a development year as well and have him as your reserve driver then again you've got giovanazzi waiting in the wings as the reserve test and reserve driver for ferrari so i mean you've also got giovanazzi who's just one buddy le mans so i mean he's not terrible also like in, in formula one he didn't do amazingly well but he didn't do terribly either he was mostly screwed over by alfa romeo's bad strategy so there's an argument as well for him. I think Ferrari is spoiled for choice, but knowing my knowing Ferrari, they'll pick the wrong bloody drivers. Well, uh, I just had a quick Google. Charles Leclerc's contract ends in 2024. Yeah. If I'm Ferrari, I would say, right, both my drivers' contracts end in 2024. We're not going to renew either mm. if they want it to or not. And then we're going to come to 2024 and see what we need to do. Mm. Yeah. So, because it could be like, hey, if we get Carlos and Charles off our payroll, we can get a big, let's just say, hypothetically, they went yeah. for like a Lewis Hamilton, and then wow. they can put a youngster in the second seat who's cheaper. Yes. Yeah. They're paying Lewis, who's going to buy one. I can see Lewis spending his last year at Ferrari. I can see that. But I can see that. I just, I don't think it will happen. 
I think he'll I stay at Mercedes. If, if he doesn't get that Mercedes ambassador contract he wants, um, I think he'll go to Ferrari. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I've got no Fair idea. I, I, yeah, it depends. Um, yeah, it depends. But oh. I think for Lewis, it would be a childhood dream to drive for Ferrari. Yeah, because I think so. Ayrton, obviously, is his hero, and I think Ayrton would have gone to Ferrari. Well, uh, you say that, but he was actually going to, obviously, based on the knowledge that I that I learned from um, uh, Eddie Jordan, he was actually going to be a driver owner with Jordan, wasn't he? So really? I don't think he was going to go to Not Ferrari. That. I could see him going to Ferrari. I could see him going to Ferrari as well. However, um, Ayrton Senna was due to become a part owner of Jordan Formula One racing and drive for Jordan. Imagine how different Formula One would have been. I know, mad, right? Absolutely mad. Um, Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting situation over, over at Ferrari. Um, it always is. <laughs> always is, yeah. Um, but next week, hopefully, on a on a similar sort of note, um, I I have actually bought some Ferrari memorabilia. Ooh. Uh, so I recently uh, I found a um, from what I can work out anyway a reliable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. This this is not website for uh, this is not a plug in any way shape or form. Please do yeah. not do anything dodgy with your money or anything like that, kids. Um, this, uh, this doesn't sound like a, no, it doesn't a sound star. like a pyramid scheme at all. But yeah. I found a a website called Catawiki where you can bid on memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, and I have bought myself a Carlos signed uh, Carlos signs signed glove from the Ooh. from last season. Oh, race used glove? Uh, no. Not race used, uh, but okay. I'll be honest with you. I could te- I could tell anyone that it was race used, and nobody would ever <laughs> care or know. Um, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, uh, are you Are you expecting to put? Is it one glove or two? Uh, one. <laughs> are you expecting? Could even give you two. Are you expecting to put them on and suddenly be the best F1 2020? I already am the best, Jano Watmere. <laughs> watch out. Um, no, I, um, if you don't know who Jana Watmere is, he's like one of the best Formula One sim racers ever, mostly probably because Max Verstappen won't be allowed to enter. Um, but I will, I will load up the app, but I very nearly bought a Fernando Alonso signed glove instead. So I was, I was bidding between the two, but the, uh, they both Ferrari gloves. Yeah. So the Fernando Alonso 2013 mechanical glove so it was like one of the mechanics gloves that he signed essentially so it was used by the mechanics in the in the pit so you can see for 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 those of you who are listening via podcast this is the um uh this is the fernando alonso signed glove um but it was only the one glove and that went for including fees about 180 euros whereas i but my Carlos signs one for half that price. Uh, um, and I quite like Carlos signs. I think he's brilliant. He drove for McLaren. I, decent enough bloke. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm going to buy... I've got like some glass cabinets behind me. I'm going to buy... You know, you can go to art stores and stuff like that and you can buy like these posable hands that you can then draw and it's like a way of learning how to draw. I'm going to buy one of those, stick the glove on it and then just display it in one of the glass cabinets. That'd be pretty cool, actually. So yeah. it's a pretty cool bit of memorabilia to have. I think that's it's quite nice. 
Um, and then if you actually if you wear it while driving a Subaru, it will somehow turn into a Ferrari. Oh, I get an extra ten horsepower out of that baby. You uh, will do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah open drs I, on that big ass wing you've got there. yeah exactly the wing that is definitely straight and definitely not even remotely slightly bent um yeah no i i think it's cool i've discovered the website um i'll keep an eye on it and maybe buy some other bits and pieces i did very nearly buy this Haas f1 team it was like old uh like team wear very nearly bought that um but it just went a bit went for a bit more than i was expecting to pay and then also just as a as a like you know a couple of couple of interesting finds they had a full f1 suit like proper racing suit sorry it's yep. very blurry for uh williams from uh sergey sorokin from the um 2018 uh, and that went for 195 euros that's not bad actually. it's not bad it's not signed it, by him. It's just yeah, a replica. But it, it would look good if you like framed it if up you and framed put it in your that, that's man really cave, nice. Your garage. Um, I jokingly, I I kept it saved because I was like, I want to buy it and then just play the F one game in it. <laughs> good, yeah, um, you got the William suit, the Ferrari glove. You yeah, need to help the one Ferrari glove. <laughs> the other one's just. Open. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like just purely because it would be fun uh, to just buy the I, I would, buy I would the say suit. This. Um, Ferrari have a partnership with Amalgam, who make amazing like models and stuff mm. like that, and they have made a replica, I think SF twenty one steering wheel. Sure, yeah, and it looks stunning, and I think it's like five to eight thousand pounds, right? Super expensive. If you go on eBay, there is a guy that makes replica steering wheels for about 250, 300 quid. Yeah. And he does a really good job. So I would consider also looking at that um, as well. And then basically you're a Formula One driver. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You see your helmet. Um, that's it. The, the one thing I would you can, really you can like. Try and smash one of those Lando. Is it <laughs> one, one third, one quarter size? Ones? I've got it here. Hold on, let me grab it. I'll try Fit and smash your head into one of the... this, this helmet. <laughs> What's the size? Is that is that one eight? It's one half four? size. Half size. So yeah. I try and smash this half size helmet <laughs> on my head, which hurts, I, by the way. Yeah. Um, I love this thing, by the way. I I genuinely, it's gorgeous. I really, really like these mini helmets. They are absolutely amazing. Um, probably it's my second favorite bit of Formula One merch. Um, but like, I I think they're absolutely amazing. We should do a little bit of an episode on like Formula One merch and like who does the best merch and like if you could. You know, if you could pick any bit of merch to buy, like if you could buy yeah. anything, what would it be? Would it be like a replica Lewis Hamilton steering wheel or something like that? You know, I would do... love a steering wheel. Yeah, I, I would love a steering wheel. Really as well. love one. Um, but obviously, this is this is my favorite. This is my pride <laughs> and joy. This is a piece of Sebastian Vettel's Aston Martin, uh, race used and signed by the man himself. Uh, this is one of my like prized possessions. Um, and I would love a McLaren version of this. Uh, I got it from uh, F1 Authentics. Um, and F1 Authentics do currently have McLaren bodywork. I believe it's Lando. It might be Carlos. Um, but I'd absolutely love that. But they are quite expensive. They're like 250-ish quid. It's it's quite a lot of money. I like the uh, tables that they make at the tires. They're, yeah, they're really cool. The, you can tire buy rim. old tires off Catawiki, by the way. Like, and they're not. <laughs> they're nowhere near as expensive as the F1 Authentics stuff. I feel like F1 Authentics can be pretty pricey. Um, yeah. To be completely honest. Um, but they have they even have like the the halos 
from like the Ooh. from the Formula One cars as well. I've seen some they're so some expensive. Have like the bodywork, so you could get like the engine cover. Yeah, you get like a side pod. And yeah, stuff. they are expensive, but yeah, they're out there. So yeah, yeah, but like so, you know, I just said that the um the race suit from Sergei Sorokin was a replica race suit, right? And that yeah. was two hundred euros. F1 Authentics are currently trying to sell an Oscar Piastri 2023. It is signed replica race suit. Guess how much money they're trying to sell that for? Three and a half thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds. And you're telling me that I couldn't just buy one, which admittedly is not from a a uh, a I guess current, current driver, driver yeah. but for two hundred euros. That's mad. Um, even if it's like, like a replica and circuit it's still not like you got a full-size race suit. yeah exactly yeah. yeah um but like i'm i'm trying to see if they do actually have any left because i believe <sighs> they do they do you're gonna turn up to your local cart in a williams race suit <laughs> one ferrari <laughs> yeah. glove and a one two scale lando norris helmet yeah and exactly so yeah who's ready <laughs> who's ready who's going down um i just had a look and they do actually have <laughs> uh 2021 um limited edition bodywork in acrylic from the abu dhabi grand prix for lando norris so the the um poster that you got me which you can slightly see here on my web webcam uh for for video viewers um of the livery that they ran during dubai uh, abu dhabi sorry for 2021 when they had like a special livery uh for for 300 pounds you can buy that that's not bad. That's actually not terrible, to be completely honest with you. Or if you want to spend fifty pounds less, they have twenty nineteen Lando Norris bodywork and acrylic as well. I, I did like that. Was it views or something? The views artwork that mm. they did. Yeah, that yeah, it was really, cool. it is really, really nice. Um, I absolutely love it, and I, I love the print. Thank you again. Um, I love the print. <laughs> no it's worries. absolutely brilliant. Um, and they do actually have some Fernando Alonso McLaren bodywork and acrylic from twenty eighteen for two hundred pounds. Uh, but actually to be fair so obviously Oscar Piastri is a current driver but F1 Authentics do currently have a a replica McLaren race suit from uh, I'm just going to pick one at random from David Coulthard from 1997 for £1,000 or Nick Heidfeld from 98 for 750 so they do actually have some which are more reasonably priced but still 750 quid or euros compared to 200 like you yeah. know, it, there, there's a big difference. So they've got Kimi Räikkönen, they've got uh, they've got Jensen Button, they've got Mika Hakkinen, they've got they've got quite a bit to be fair. Um, yeah, that yeah. was it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I yeah. mean, look, Formula One's popular. Everyone's cashing in now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it's uh, it's got an interest. Sorry, I'm just dealing with a dog behind me who's biting his paws very loudly, aren't you? Um, hello bucky bless him uh but uh i should get him to predict the results this weekend Uh, (laughs) i should do that again so let's wrap up yes top three top three for austria before we go uh verstappen alonso lewis you i'm going verstappen lewis hamilton but yes yeah verstappen lewis hamilton and then who (laughs) George Russell. George yeah. Russell, All right. Sorry. Cool. Um, one very quick thing before we did end. This this yeah. will be very quick. Just to give you an idea as to how bad Perez is currently doing. You know my statistical analysis where I've been looking <laughs> into, I've been yeah. looking into uh, how often 
drivers have finished the races and stuff. Perez yeah. now has an average finishing position lower than Hamilton. Whoa. So wow. Hamilton's average finishing position uh, is 4.1. Perez is, is, is 4.6. Okay. So that's that's a big difference. I mean, obviously, Perez did finish P16 in Monaco, so that's probably the one that drags it down. But statistically, Hamilton has a higher average position. Position. That is mental. Considering they're not only in, is that not only in the quickest car, but he's in the quickest car by a by fair a amount. decent chunk. You know, I yeah. like I said, I think I think that that Monaco's done that data dirty a little bit, but at the same time, still like you know, it's it's just not good enough, is it? He he shouldn't be in that position. No, not at all. Um, so there we go. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we've got. But I uh, I will be obviously doing my predictions again this week using this statistical analysis. Um, last week didn't go particularly well. I don't think. I think I ended up coming like twentieth or something out of the seventy six people. So not not great. So hopefully I get back on track this week. Um, yeah. just as we are back on track this week in Austria. Uh, that is enough for this week, I think. We've been recording now for 58 minutes and 3 seconds, so let's absolutely wrap this up. But uh, from the both of us, we hope you enjoy this weekend's Grand Prix, the sprint race and the race proper. Uh, make sure you have your bums in seats at the correct times and uh, also uh, be tuned in to us next week as well. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you after the Austrian Grand Prix. See you after the Austrian Grand Prix. Cheers, everyone.